Hey kids, it's Uncle Jamie and welcome to the Uncle Jamie Podcast. Today's guest is conservative blogger and co-host of the Todd Allen Show, Khalid Damar. This is going to be a fun and interesting conversation. Check it out. Okay, so yeah, so so Mr. Khalid Damar. Yes. And uh, there's a couple of reasons why I have Khalid on as my first guest. First okay. of all, Khalid, you have a radio show. Tell tell me about your radio show. Real yes, quick. I'm on WHK, um, Todd Allen show. I'm a co-host along with Ashley Herzog, Todd Allen, on uh, AM 1420 to answer on Sunday nights. Uh, 9 to 11 o'clock. I also have had the privilege of sitting in for Bob France on his morning show on the same network. So, uh, yeah, been doing that for, uh, we've been on HK for all this year, but oh, wow. been doing Good a Todd point. Island show for about four years. Uh-huh. Uh, we cover politics, actually more than four years. We, we were on uh, WINT in, in Lake mm-hmm. County before that. So we cover politics, politics, pop culture, social economics, things, uh, current events. Uh, we do some silly, funny stuff, some off pretty, stories. Pretty much well. whatever, whatever hits yeah. your head that, yep. that might be that might be relevant for, yep. to the day. Yeah. Um, and also, I mean, because and you guys are on iHeartRadio. Yes, iHeartRadio, uh, Spotify, uh-huh. uh, all the major platforms, iTunes. Yeah. It appears also as a podcast. Yes. Then, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So we, we cover Excellent. cover a lot. We do some. We keep it light sometimes, and, and not all serious all the time. You need to escape from politics, so we provide people escape too. Oh, okay. Cool. Politics. Cool. Cool. And uh, you also have a. Are you still still doing your 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 blog? The uh, yes, conservative the, stage blog. I've been writing for about ten years, and I, I write about again uh, political, social, economic uh, things, observations. Just you know, I don't consider myself a quote news blog, but I'm more of an information opinion type blog. So. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah. So 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 you know so. Judging from the 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 name of your blog, obviously you are a, a politically conservative yes, individual. Yes, very and uh, and uh, you know, and, and because I can see you, yes. I know that you're a you're a you're an African American guy. What I know, I mean, I no, you, but you're the first person to tell me that. What that I today that I was. <laughs> Somehow Which of people, my mom hears that I'm black. <laughs> yeah, some, somehow somebody reminds me of that every other week. Uh, <laughs> yes, and, and you know it's so funny. People don't. My background is you know this, but I yeah. grew up. I was raised, born and raised Muslim uh-huh. uh, in the nation of Islam up in the '70s. So I come from a, a, a very different background than most people on this side of the aisle. But that's which is not as disparate as people think because the nation of Islam was sort of a very conservative well yeah organization it, it, back then it was just racial separatist but it was conservative well well yeah they were more of a uh, when, I, when I when I when I when I talk about like political philosophy among among African Americans it's like there's the the Booker T school and the um, and the W.E.B. Du Bois school which yes. is you know because w.e.b was more concerned with acceptance yes. and uh, booker t was more concerned with empowerment yes you know one wanted empowerment through acceptance which is w.e.b's kind of thing and mm-hmm. and of course uh, and of course booker t washington was more about uh, impa- uh, not empowerment through acceptance, but acceptance through empowerment and economics. Yeah, and I right. attended Tuskegee University. Aha! Yeah. Booker T's yes. uh, Booker T's school, yeah. right? Founded eighteen eighty one, and went to his home, which was on near campus. I would amazing. So I know the story. He's one of my favorite people. I'm more of his school. We, yeah, we right. had to listen to him. You know, back then we'd be in a different situation. Oh, now. we would be in much different. I a hundred percent agree yeah. with you. In fact, I think that's a. Uh, 
one of our one, one if we have one of the problems with race is mm. is not the um, in my view it's not accepting that racism exists but using racism accepting racism as a as a um, as a barrier rather than as a challenge right if oh, you yeah. if you understand yeah. you know because it's a challenge to be overcome rather than a barrier to stop you yeah. because if you just I mean, you have to acknowledge it, and you have to navigate the world aware of it, mm-hmm. but... Well, that's why I look at it. Racism, as we know the history, and I study it every single day, and, and I just get so much perspective on what it was like for a black man like your father, my father in Mississippi, my mother's from <laughs> right. uh, Little Rock or Pine Bluff, Arkansas, and my dad was from Mississippi. Okay, racism was a brick wall. Oh, yeah. No it was question. a brick yeah. freaking wall. My dad's from Virginia, uh-huh. so yeah. yeah. So was we, he in the military? We, he was. Uh-huh. Oh, now he was. He was in the navy. <laughs> we just had a conversation. A, a about good, that. a good branch of the <laughs> good branch of navy. Now, was he in a segregated military at the time? Uh, well, you know, the navy's segregation was was different than other than other mm-hmm. services because you um, they didn't have segregated units. What they would do is they would segregate you by your profession. So, like, so like blacks in the military became uh, became clerks, yep. uh, storekeepers, stewards. And uh, 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 mess men, okay? So you didn't have, like in my dad's day, uh, unlike my day, because when I, when I was, I also served in the Navy, but I was an electronics technician. Mm-hmm. In my dad's day, no way was that happening. Okay, I got you, yeah. You know, so, so I mean, you'd have all kinds of guys on the, on the, on the ship, mm-hmm. but yeah, but, but a radar tech would not be a black guy. And see, the brick wall, it was, it, you hit that wall, and that's just. And that was hit, that. That was that. And, and there were a few people, you know, who managed to do well in terms of success. Like Booker T actually got a lot of money from wealthy Jewish, right. you know, uh, benefactors. However, now we have a different situation now where we have pretty much, we are fully integrated into the system. Right. And there's too many uh, holes in that old brick wall that used to exist. It's not even a wall anymore. It's basically some 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 bricks on the, on the ground in terms of how you know we've done everything in this country think about it we've we've gone out of space that's right we've been supreme court justices that's we've right been presidents that's we've right been, we've done every single thing everything every every wall or previous barrier has been broken there's nothing else left now you can have the first black meter made in tuscaloosa i mean that's not what i'm saying <laughs> right but in terms of major achievements we've done everything so now you have to ask yourself, we just need to do more of it. It's like an athlete. Anybody can go out on an NBA in a given night and hit 25 points. But can you do that every night? You know you can do it, but can you do it every night? So it's like we need to do more of what we've already done, uh, and that's why I see it. I, don't, I see racism as basically, it's like anything else, any other kind of ism. It's all right. kinds of other. It's well, all right. kinds of isms, you know. Yeah, there's all kinds of. You know, I. In, in my take on it is, yeah, it's it's real. It's there. It's more subtle than it used to be. But if you understand, like, I'll give you an like for example. I don't know how many jobs once I got interviewed that I didn't get because, you know, when they saw my name on the application, James Walker. Mm-hmm. Well, they didn't know it's when they right. heard my voice on the phone. Oh, they didn't know. They right. called me in. Right. And then when I came in, they see this red-skinned guy walk in the door, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, uh, okay. Yeah. And, you know, you know, did I miss a job because of it? I don't know. What you don't know won't hurt you. Yeah, right. And, and, and 
But I do know that when I was in one of the one of my stories about that, and and what I call it is, when you look back at it, that had to be the reason because it, it couldn't have been anything else. Only because the feedback I got was so vague mm-hmm. that so how do I you know and what, what what it was? I was teaching at submarine school, and I was going up for uh, uh, it was the master training specialist we called MTS mm-hmm. you know, master training specialist, and. Um, so I went up for it. I was an instructor at submarine school, and I went up for MTS. And I had my lo- my guys in my division check me out, make sure that I was ready to be put before the official, uh, you know, the official inspectors and all that. And uh, and the um, and what happened was, so I got inspected by them, and I wanted to know what the results were. And they go, "Well, you didn't you didn't get it." And I go, "Well, well why not?" Well, they just said you weren't MTS material. Mm-hmm. And I go, okay, so what is it about me that makes me not MTS material? And I got no solid answers. So instead of doing the right thing, because the right thing would have been, A, maybe to recognize it for what it was. If you get vague feedback like that, mm-hmm. it's for some reason it has nothing to do with your competence. Whatever it is, they didn't like you for some reason. Well, you know, that's not good enough. So instead of saying, oh, that's not good enough, Tell put me on a program so then six months I can go to these guys again, mm-hmm. put my name up because you know it was six months before you could put your name up. Mm-hmm. So in six months I put my name up again, and this time they have to give me a list of reasons or things I or benchmarks I have to hit in order to get it, so that I know what I what well, I can do to, for, are. for my you know know what my shortcomings are for mm-hmm. my professional development, right. which is what people should do. For instance, if you don't make a sports team, I'm sure they kind of tell you why. Okay, well, you felt maybe you need to improve your speed, you need to improve this and that. So you can go back and work on it. They kind of tell you what, what it exactly. is you're missing. And if you fail the test in school, well, there it is. You failed this is. test. Yeah, but here's what you need to, you know, you need to explain this better. You need to do this better. So that's fair to the individual. If you want to see an individual improve, you say, well, this is why. You know, That's this right. is why, you know, you didn't get it. Not just, well, well I don't know. We kind of, yeah, yeah. we don't think you're ready. Yeah. Well, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, tell okay, me why I'm so, not ready. So what, tell me why I'm not ready. Right. Exactly. And I think that that's, that that's how it manifests itself. But what happens is like I did when I was, you know, what was I like 25 at the time, you know, and like what, you know, so what we do is we'll just get angry and, and quit rather than say, well, you know what? You go to hell because I'm, I'm just going to come back in six months right. and then I'm going to come back in six months and I'm going to demand a list of what I need because if you don't give me a list of what I need to improve, mm-hmm. clearly mm-hmm. it's because you just don't like me, which is not a criteria. Right. right. Well, I can say this. There are people who are not as self-reflective. Uh, working in the, in, the, in the real world as I've been in for a while, I've seen people who are completely self-unaware and they think they deserve a promotion or position simply because they're breathing yeah. and, and, and I've been here for five time. years. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I've, I actually know a situation that that happens where somebody shows up every day and they think that in itself qualifies you to advance, but they don't understand that you, you exhibit no leadership. You exhibit no type of uh, initiative to avail yourself to your fellow employees. You don't teach, you don't make yourself available when, uh, when, shifts are needed to be right, filled. Right. You don't show up uh, or stay late. You don't come early. And uh, you don't discipline your staff the way you should. It, I've seen all kinds of things. So then you see when a promotion comes up, it's like, oh, well, why didn't I get it? It's because I'm black. 
And I was right, like, right. oh, God, please no. stop it. No, please right. stop it. Because it, it, it's, it's like I've seen it. And, and I've seen other people who just think you have to be here. And all of a sudden, somebody goes, you know what? I think you deserve a raise and a promotion. Well, here's the thing. It, and, this is the, and this is the thing that a lot of people miss. And this is across the board. Mm -hmm. A lot of people, I don't care where you're from, what color you are, what, what gender you are, or anything. This is the bit a lot of people miss. If you're already doing the work for which you are paid, yes. why are you going to ask for more money? Right. <laughs> yeah. Right? Exactly. Because right. right. if you do more than what you're getting paid for, now you can say, hey, look. I don't get paid to do this. I don't get paid to do that. I don't get paid to do this other thing. I need to get paid to do that. Absolutely. If you want me to continue to behave in this Absolutely. role, yeah. then I need to either a, a, a bump in pay or a bump in position. And it's funny or both. That because this is what I talk about. I'm, I mean, I'm a huge sports fan. And boxing is my background. But I understand that sports is not just about being good. You have to A, or even being an actor, whatever. You, right. have to, you have to be better than good in order to get the top dollar. Oh, yeah. So if you're just good and that's it, you don't put any behinds in the seats, then you're just good. But if you put behinds in the seats, that means you have something extra to offer. Right. And you have a negotiated position. Yeah, exactly. You have a negotiated position. So you can say, you know what? I put, like, we know Arnold Schwarzenegger can't act. <laughs> right, right. But he puts butts, but he in, puts the butts in the seats. <laughs> right. You know? All he does is shoot people and utter a catchphrase yeah, every on, film. On, and, uh, yeah. he, and he generates billions of dollars. And so. on the other hand, yeah. From if you look at his whole filmography, we do know Tom Cruise is a really good actor. Absolutely. when he feels like it. When he feels like it. <laughs> but most of the movies he makes aren't, you know, no. that, that showcase his actual acting talent. And, and, it's, <laughs> and it, you have to be just better than good, because again, what makes you compelling? Right. As as a as an employee, so I can tell you, I I try to a not tell people to do things that I don't do, and also try to do things better than people do it. And add some value. So that's what it's about. Because I look at Barack Obama, who I did not vote for, but I'll tell you this: he was the. Now I was told in 1988, I, when I was voting for the first time, I voted for Jesse Jackson, and I think God's, really God's going to ask me. Wait, 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 wait. You, uh, you, you, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, you I, were I, you were still I, in the NOI I, at that I, time. I was 18. Right? Yeah, you were still 18. in the NOI at that time. I, I right? was 18. <laughs> I was I was just happy to be voting. <laughs> right. And I, I think that I'm still getting my story together. So when I meet my maker. <laughs> I, he's he's not going to talk about does, like the does, time I stole my mother's car. Does, does Charlie gonna, know you voted for? Uh, he does. He does. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> he does. He, God's not going to say, "Hey, you know what time you stole your mother's car?" No, he's going to say that Jesse vote. I'm right. Like, no, 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 just kidding. But you know, I was walking down the street with my coach, my boxing coach, who I was very very close to, and he told me there'll never be a black president. Really. Now, obviously, he came up in the fifties and sixties okay, where it was so, a totally not a realistic thing. Now, now I'll tell you this, my. High school history teacher told us we would have a black president before we had a female president. Oh, he did. He did. In the 70s. In the 70s. Aha. Uh -huh. My, my, in Very 19, prophetic. 19, Mr. Cliver, was, he's, he's long past. He was a World War II vet. He, gradu he graduated high school in 1931. He taught American history. Taught us American and he history. said there will be a black he president there before would, a female. That's what he said. There would be a black president before a female president. 
And, and and here's the thing, Barack. That's your line. Here's the thing. Well, uh, this guy, <laughs> Barack was the first serious candidate to run for president who's black. Serious. Shirley Chisholm. It was symbolic when she ran. That's correct. Uh, Same. Jesse was just there really to get people used to the idea. Uh, is what I yeah, and he is got what I said. Seven million votes in the eighties. Yeah, because uh, he ran twice. I believe. He did. In he ran in eighty four and in eighty eight. Yeah. But the first serious candidate was Barack Obama, and he not only did he win. He had a thin resume. He had two years in the Senate. That's correct. State legislature. State legislator. State legislature. Never held an executive position. Right. Never held an executive position. And he raised more money than anyone ever running for office. He raised like $700 million. He was the first guy to use social media, yes. too. Yeah. So you got to think. First guy that was serious, raised more money, and went straight to the freaking White House. That told me right then and there, you know what? People see something they like. And he voted won't vote it. He won states like Iowa. There's like 30 right. black people in Iowa. That's right. You know, it's New Hampshire, there's, <laughs> there's, there's 14. Yeah. <laughs> and he got right. all this, this votes. And I'm thinking, my God, you know, it's like, whoosh. that's right. And so this tells me here, the little things like the wall that existed, that wall is gone, right? There is no wall. However, what we have is a, a we have all kinds of people in our system now. We're in it. We seem to look at the system as other people are, are it's other. No, it's us too. We are we are the system. Before we were outside of the system, we are the system now. We are legislators. We are uh, business people. Uh, we, we write policy. That's right. We are the system. Before it wasn't us doing it. So we figure, oh, once we get into the system, things will be better for us. Well, that hasn't necessarily taken place because if you look at how many black politicians we have elected since 1970, thousands of them and they have written some very bad policies like everybody else has done so it's not the color of the people you get in office now if you look at uh the east indian community in terms of business they own 42 percent of the hotels and motels in the country a very small percentage wow. of people and they're gujarats from gujarat india which is a caste a lower caste that's right and they come here to this country and they own 42 percent of the hotels and motels and they did it pretty much through very, very dis hard work, discipline, family structure. Well, and, and having goals. And having goals. And they don't have, uh, they didn't have banking. But now they do have banking because they got into banking because of discrimination. So I say this, they don't have enough politicians to fill up the studio. Right. Can you name an Indian politician right now? Uh, Bobby Jindal. He's not even serving anywhere. <laughs> yeah, right, not but he was, he was a governor. He was governor. Nikki Haley's half. And Nikki Indian. Haley is, she's, is yeah, and she's not serving. And anywhere. isn't Kamala Harris uh, or uh, she? I think her 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 mother or something. Yeah, yes. yeah, but but, but, but again, that's it. That's, that's it. it. Right. What I'm saying is, if you work within the framework that's already here, we can get a lot done. But these politicians are, to me, in my opinion, not as relevant as they used to be. We thought they were relevant, and it makes sense in the 50s. We think we need elected officials. We don't need them as much as we use. We need them for certain things, and I'm very active, which we'll talk about, in getting them to do things that we need them to do on a local level. Right. But we don't need these national clowns as much as they want us to think we need. We need to basically neutralize them. And which can be which done. Which can be done. And I do a lot of uh, speaking and education of people about what to get, how to get these people to do things you need them to do, because people have told me, well, I don't want to, I don't want to bug them when I say they're paid for you to no, bug them. No, no. Yeah, right, right. You voted for these people, yes. which Be means I can get on your nerves when I see you on the street. See, yeah, this is this is this is this is the thing that, you know, it's like people who don't like Trump or, or, or people who do like Trump when they say, well, he wants this done. I said, well, so mm -hmm. he's not the king. No, he's, he's the president. He's 
We he doesn't. We don't work for him. Right. We're he, not his subjects. Absolutely. He works for us. If you don't like what he's got to say, then then tell him you don't like it. Right. Dude's on Twitter all the time. <laughs> Worst thing can happen is he blocks you. Yeah. <laughs> but can I tell you something? This, this, I, I do a lot of working on issues. Like I worked on vets issues that okay. Veterans Accountability Act. Uh -huh. I spent a lot of time on the phone getting people to vote for that, which we I'm very proud of that got passed. And as a result, Marsha Fudge voted for it because we pushed her to vote for it. We went to her office with concerned vets and we gave her a large card saying thank you. Now, some people on the other side of me, or my side, got mad at me for showing up to her office. And See, now, and I'm gonna tell go you, ahead. I didn't go have ahead. to check the person, but uh, one of the, the guys I work with is concerned vets did. He said, well, look, if we criticize politicians when they, when they do wrong or check them when they do wrong, then we have to acknowledge them when they do something right or else we're frauds, right? That's right. So this person, she did something good, we want it, we acknowledge her for it or him for whoever that is. If they do something we don't like, we check them. That's fair. It's like your child. That's right. Do something good, you acknowledge it. If you do something wrong, you, 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 check, you, them. you check them. And so when it comes to these people who we, we tell, we on the phone, we say, hey, look, if you don't like what's going on with this legislation, you better do this and do this. Some people want to know, other people don't care. Yeah, I know. They don't, they just don't care. And we're talking local issues. Where your money goes, what's going on in your area, we, we, we killed the RTA tax. Most people didn't even know it was up for uh, consideration. They were going to add taxes to RTA. Well, we killed it. Why? Because we got on the phones, we put pressure on all these people and said, look, you, you all don't want to do You have to get out in front of tax issues or else. You, don't forget it's, it. It's, it's over. It's done. Right, right. If you don't get out in front of a tax issue, it's there. It is like stepping in gum. It's going to be there. <laughs> but people just don't care because they're not engaged. So I tell people all the time, forget the big show in Washington, turn off your TV and focus on what's going on right around you because there are things going on when, when, in, you're, when you're not looking. Well, besides, I mean, it, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, what's the thing that bugs me the most? I want that pothole on my street fix. Absolutely. Right? Now, if all these other things work right, then guess what? That pothole on my street's going to get fixed. But mm -hmm. what I got to worry about is that pothole on my street. Mm -hmm. and because that's the one that's going to mess up my car. That's the one that's going to cost me money. Yes. That's the, you know, that's the thing that's going to, going to really affect my life. And a lot of people think that, that it, you're right. And a lot of people think it's Washington. It's not Washington. No. It's City Hall. It's City Hall. And you have to get these people now because they go on to being state legislators. They go on to being national leaders. But I'd say this. It's, it's, it's the television and it's the, the, the big show that distracts people. But I go to a lot of meetings and not a lot of people like me and you were there. Hmm. But they show up at a protest. But at the school I was tutoring at last year, nobody from the community came to tutor these kids and help them learn how to read. None of them. They were all from Middleburg Heights, busting wow. in from Grace Church twice a week to, t to help these kids read. Nobody from the community. And I didn't even live in that community. That's uh, the 55th area. I'm not from there. Right, right, right. So what I'm saying is, I, 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 I've, people don't want to actually do the work and engage it to make their lives better. They want somebody else to do it. Right. Well, sometimes they don't know what to do in the first place, which, which really, which will, which will paralyze them. Which brings me another, to another thing. We try to teach people what to do because I have a couple of organizations I work with and we go out, we speak and we say, this is what you need to do. If you want this, <laughs> this is what you need to yeah, do. Yeah, You want your pothole fixed. Yeah, this is what this you is do. What you do. <laughs> we teach civic engagement, civic responsibility. I have a nonprofit with my partner, Dan Messina, my best friend. We teach constitution. We teach civic engagement and we've been to schools and colleges and we've talked about 
everything from taxes to local legislation. We do all, we try to give people the information, and a lot of people are interested, but the meetings should be much, much bigger if you measure them by the complaints that you get. Right. It should be right. much bigger, but they're not because people are too busy watching The Bachelorette. In, in that, isn't that the truth? Yes. So, <laughs> you, it, as the saying goes, you get the government you deserve. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. You, <laughs> you do. Well, especially because in a free society, you're the government. Yeah. And if you're not engaged and you're not out there doing something, then then when something happens, you don't. Then don't be surprised when something happens you don't like. Did you said Bullworth. Uh, yeah, I have seen Bullworth. That movie actually, I, I I play that clip for people because. If, it, if anybody hasn't seen Bullworth, there was, uh, was Warren Beatty Warren, yeah, Holly back, Barry, back yeah, right. in the early 90s. This right. politician who was just totally totally unfiltered, he had some kind of trauma yeah, right. yeah, where it yeah. cost him just, he could not do anything but tell the brutal, honest truth. So he was at a church in South Central, and they were asking, well, how come we don't have any health care down here? We don't have this, have that. Yeah, and you he know says, well, yeah, yeah, you haven't given any money in my campaign, have you? And, you know, and he told people basically, like, wait, I can't believe he said that. He also said that, well, what? Uh, well, what happened with the, you, you know, we had a disaster relief or something that happened after the riots. He said, well, we came down here with Clinton and, we, you know, and other people. We got our pictures taken. And then uh, when you weren't looking, you know, we, we killed the bill. <laughs> and, it, well, and the thing so, is, because you weren't looking. Because you weren't looking. And, and, and even though it's hilarious comedy, that's what happens. When you're not looking, there's all kinds of things going on. Well, you know, and, and the, which brings me to like some of the divisiveness that we have in this country right now. Mm-hmm. Is certainly helping those people rob you blind, because if I'm worried about you know what what whatever tribe you belong to, mm-hmm. right? You know your ethnic tribe, your political tribe, mm-hmm. your you know your a uh, 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 religious tribe, whatever it is. If I got you, if 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 I um, as the third as as the man, mm-hmm. the uninterested, the, the man who's like out to block, rob you, if I have you mm-hmm. so busy looking at you know looking at liberals. Mm-hmm that all you're doing is yelling at liberals mm-hmm. about how messed up they are mm-hmm. instead of, you know, you, you, you're not getting together and, and telling me anything. Yeah. So I can just go ahead and, you know, so you're too, so busy looking at them, mm-hmm. I'm reaching in your back pocket, mm-hmm. I'm just going through your wallet, yeah. <laughs> and because and, you're too busy yelling at somebody else. Well, you, you, that's true, and, and I'll tell you this. <clears throat> One thing that politicians have learned to do, they learn to release information on Fridays. <laughs> that's a slow news day. And a lot of things that get put out on Friday, it totally goes under the radar because nobody's paying attention on Friday. That's the best. If you ever get into politics, the best time to release something is on a Friday, especially if it's unpopular. Yep. If it's if it's pop, if it's something that's going to strike yep. strike you a fire to, that yeah. you want want, yep. want a fire struck, do it on Wednesday. Do it on Wednesday. <laughs> but you do it on a Friday. It, it that's that's a little dirty little secret. And there are things that are going on that people know. Uh, that are happening. First, there's this tax bill. Let's talk about RTA. That was going on with with Cuyahoga County Council, and that place right. is, you know, they're having these meetings. They're discussing this. So I knew people who got together and said, "Look, we need to figure out how to fight this." So they got together, had these meetings, and figured out a strategy to attack it. Now these were citizens who didn't want their uh, taxes and RTA raised in Cleveland, but they also didn't want them to just be in just adding more taxes. They did the same thing in Westlake about a property tax bill. They got together and said, we, we need to kill this, and how do we do it? They got together. Because people who, who know, know what to do. We try to tell people, this is what you need to do. You live in this city, get in these people's ear, get in their faces, and let them know, we know what you're doing. We don't like it, and we're we going to stop it. Because these people care about being elected. 
Right. That's what they care about. They phone, they listen to their voicemail messages. So anyone who's listening, get on the phone, call these people because they do hear their voice. They may not call you back, but they, <laughs> right, do, right. they do hear your and, messages. And they, and they get enough of them, they'll start doing something. They do. You know. I tell people, all that, even if you can't vote, I told a bunch of high school kids who are going to the state house, they they don't know. you can't vote yet, but you can, you, you can pick up a phone and call. Your parents can vote. Call these people, they listen. And I think it's getting people to stop focusing on the nonsense Focus on where you live, because that's where it all starts. And then if you want to focus on the larger state issues, do that. And then obviously the national issues are important, but start locally. Yeah, in fact, uh, what, uh, there's an, it, so far it's pretty much online uh, and using social media. It's called Represent Us, you, yeah. uh, which I know you're familiar mm -hmm. with, because cause they're really against the divisiveness and they're really for, you know, uh, you know, conservatives and liberals and moderates need to get, because any of us might get this guy's ear or that guy's ear, but but it's but I think the statistic is that uh, uh, politicians are so unresponsive that there's a 30% chance that they'll pass a bill if nobody's for it, mm -hmm. and if everyone's for it, there's a 30% chance that they'll pass a bill. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. in, in other words, the, the fact that every, it, even just polling. And saying, well, everybody in my district support. That doesn't mean no. that that he's going to do anything about right. it. Right. Which is which is why everybody has to get active, mm -hmm. you know, because there are things that there are some there's, I'm there are a lot of things out there that are would be relatively easy fixes, like you know the, the pothole on my street, mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah. that that could be done that aren't getting done because they're bit yeah. too busy doing something else. So we're working on a couple of things now that are, and 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 well, we're working on something larger in the fall. But we're working on something now where the state only funds 40% of the uh, public defender's office. They're supposed to fund like half of it. Wow. So we're putting together right now, we have our, we had our meetings and we're having, we have a list, a hit list of people that we're going to approach in these local legislators to get this in front of the state for the budget in July to fully fund the public defender's budget. Why? Because they're under paid right. and they're overworked with hundreds of cases and that's right and that and effect that's a constitutional issue that's a that's definitely con well you know it's a constitutional issue and it's a societal issue it's a societal issue because you have a right to a defense if you can't afford one indigent defense is your constitutional right at least to have a lawyer so, appointed for you and have right. to be, that lawyer has to be paid and that's, that's what we take on and if they're overworked and underpaid that's a problem so right we're, we're going to be working on that because because if you know, i mean if a reasonable caseload is x and you're doing double X or triple X, you know, you're not going to be able to represent your client properly, some of which these, means a lot of broke people go to jail unnecessarily. Absolutely. And some of these, some of these lawyers, they have one lawyer, I think in New, this is in New York. He had like 300 cases. Oh, wow. I mean, it's just, it's, it's unbelievable. And if you pay these people adequately, you'll have more attorneys. Cause a lot of people, when they come out of law school, they're doing public defense work. Right. Well, right. And there's, so there's no shortage of attorneys. But it is a lot of people don't want to do that work because the caseloads and the pay is horrible. So we're going to be working on that. Well, that, and besides, you know. if it's if the department's not funded, then you're not even going to have the proper staff. Absolutely. So even if the pay is crap, mm -hmm. if, at least if the if you're not overworked at the same time, at least you can live with it because mm -hmm. you're doing well. You're doing good work. Mm -hmm. you're, you're, you're you're getting people out of trouble who might otherwise be in real yeah. Some people hardship. really need defense that they may not be able to you know afford it properly. So. 
uh, that's something we're doing. But I tell people there's a lot of things people can do. It takes. I, I don't know how I do all the things I do. I just make time. It could be an hour or two here, two hours, three, you know, whatever. I was tutoring. I was spending four hours a week. If you add that up over a month or a year, right. that's a lot of time. Well, but, pe people but do four hours a week is like one hour, like four days. Yeah. Uh, and four days that are convenient for you. Right. And even two mm -hmm. makes it, you know, it's, it's like anything else. Um, it's just like two hours would make a difference to that kid. Exactly. You know. But two hours that people spend doing other things that are not productive. Right. You know, so if you don't have money. Like watching YouTube videos. Yeah, it give you time. Right. That's what I can do. And I tell the, it's all about living in this society. You have to have something invested in it. And you can sit and complain and do things, but okay, how much time do you have to give to something? And that can be a really significant amount of time. Show up at a meeting. If you want to get in front of an issue, show up when people say, hey, uh, and I'll give you another example. There was a small business administration meeting I was invited to where they were, certain banks in the area are tripping over themselves to lend to minorities because they got dinged by the feds. Uh, for not. For not. So they, they will literally grab you off the street, some banks will, uh, a couple in particular, because they don't want to get dinged again. However, we had 150 invitations that went out. About 20 people showed up. Wow. 20 people. And then you have people call back and say, well, when are they coming back? I'm sorry. That's not how things work. This was the regional head of the SBA, so he's over five states, so he's no small guy. Right. Well, and he just can't come here on a... You know, yeah, he can't go out. What are you doing next? Do it. Absolutely. Right. We gave people the invitations... 20, maybe 20 people came to get this information, which was very important on getting small business loans and getting the proper consultation to get you funded. People are not engaged. That's all I'm saying. And I think that if they knew how simple it is to cut out some of the silliness you engage in with your time and go sit somewhere and meet someone and listen to what's going on, you can make a much bigger difference in your own life right. and maybe in someone else's life. Now, now this may be a bigger question than the time we have less, but, but what, what do you think are some of the factors contributing to the people just not being engaged or not even, uh, or either A, thinking that they can't do anything, mm -hmm. which, which certainly there's only a couple of reasons why people would be disengaged. Either they think it's useless to do anything mm -hmm. So why bother and or just have be completely unaware, you know, but what do you think that, that the reasons for these conditions would be? I think one of the one of the major reasons is simply people just would rather be having fun, pleasuring themselves, doing something else, maybe watching TV or, you know, uh, people watch a lot of Empire or whatever they watch on TV, uh, especially if you have to be at seven o'clock. I had a girl threatened to call off work because her schedule was was doing empire i'm not kidding so well, you can watch that on streaming <laughs> video what do you i don't I, that, that doesn't even make any sense it doesn't but i'm just saying people i mean i watched something. game of thrones yesterday <laughs> afternoon I, I mean i wasn't yeah. home on sunday right, right. <laughs> so some people are just they're, they're lazy that's number one number two it takes a lot of work and some commitment to actually change things right and you just may not want to do it you may want to talk about it but actually doing it is a different thing also um I think it's people, some people, their lives are a little too comfortable. Because when you're uncomfortable, you will do some things. Uh, yeah, yeah that, this, this is so. Yeah. This is so. And we have it, we talked about our parents. We think about your dad. You and I could right now decide, let's go get something to eat somewhere, 
right? Let's go out to Westlake and eat. Yeah, right. You know, if you, if you're paying, of course, but. You know, <laughs> <laughs> we, we, what? We, what? Yeah, 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 yeah. You're the one with money. <laughs> you, you're more conservative than me. You must have money. <laughs> no, no. So we, no. we go out to Westlake. But yeah. We decide to have dinner. And, and, it's, and nobody's going to. It's no biggie. Yeah. But your dad, my dad, couldn't just decide right. to go somewhere. It might give me grief because I'm not wearing a, a, a collared shirt. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah. But and I, I told my friend who's father passed away a few years ago he was in the uh he was 86 years old he was in a segregated army in world war ii right i said dude you travel all over the place you go everywhere and you don't think for a second about where you're going to sleep at a hotel and where you're going to go eat you don't think about it but your dad didn't have that luxury i'm old enough that uh when we went to visit my grandparents we were still using the green book oh my mother talks about that movie all the time well i haven't seen the movie yeah but uh, she told me about it, but, but she grew up no. in, like I said, Mississippi and in yeah, Cleveland. Yeah, but, so, but yeah, I mean, in Arkansas. But but I'm old enough that when I was little, mm-hmm. they were still using the Green Book, because we used to have to. We well, first of all, we used to have to carry a container, because if you a if container. you had to if you had to go relieve yourself, you might have to go to the side of the road oh. because there might not be a place that, that you would could take go. You. That would let you use the facility in the 1950s. And this is these okay. So I worked at Ritz Carlton years ago back in the mid-90s, and these and NBA players stayed with us, uh-huh. a lot of them. I see why they get in so much trouble. Um, anyway. <laughs> well, young guys uh, with a lot uh, of money. Come and on. women, women, well, women all and women over the place. Th- come on, yeah. let's face it. Yeah. If you were 25, you had that kind would, of money, and women would, throwing themselves I at you. I would be in uh, trouble. Yeah. <laughs> I would be in trouble. Um, and these yeah, guys, no woman would let me get in that kind of trouble when I was. <laughs> but, I mean, go ahead. Five-star hotels. Uh-huh. Private planes. I mean, they, they, they get the works, right? Well, the Globetrotters in the 1950s, couldn't get a hotel room, so they had to stay in the county jail on more than one occasion. Oh, my goodness. Because they couldn't get a room. But the traveling monkey, who was traveling around the country at the time, could get a hotel room. Oh, yeah. Fred J. Muggs, whatever. Yeah. But J. But, Fred Mugg, whatever. But the but the Globetrotters couldn't. And now these guys are treated like royalty. Austin Carr, uh, former Cavalier, talks yeah, about right. how they were, uh, they were flying coach back in the day. They had to sit around the airports, eat hot dogs for breakfast, you know, in the 70s and stuff. These guys now, live, they get they get a per diem. Even though they got a million dollar contract, they get a per diem. Here's $300, put yeah. in your pocket, you can go. So I'm go, just saying that get something the perspective of people don't understand that people's lives are very good in many cases when they weren't good, for us in particular. So I'm saying people on an average level, their life is so comfortable, they have all these nice things. Right. They don't have a reason to get up off their couch and go do right. something. So to answer your question, it's it's comfort, but to me, it's it's part of me going. Well, look, I know things could be better. I know that one individual, two individuals, three individuals could make a difference. You just need to devote some time to it, because if you're not, no one else around you will. Because it's like, what's it all for? Now, people get out and protest. Fine, that's your constitutional right to do it. But there's work to be done. Also, that could help solve the problem so that's why i decided to work with kids i want to keep little ray ray out the stolen car so he won't get shot by the cops i right. would rather work put work into that instead of picking up a sign after ray ray gets shot wow that's you know what and we're for this first one we're just about out of time and that's an excellent place to stop because you know this is this is this is you know this is information people need you know there's a lot of things that people can do that they're just not aware they can do right and you know what and i'd like really to thank you for being my first guest absolutely <laughs> and uh because we, we i get tired of arguing with you on facebook we need to, <laughs> we need to have a conversation this is this is a conversation yeah right and you could do a lot more having a conversation than typing 
This is this is true. This is true. <laughs> so uh, yeah, you know what? So thanks again for coming on. Um, I'm going to uh, after the you know so real quick uh, tell us where to find you on the radio. I'm at uh, the Todd Allen Show on A L L Y N Todd Allen. We're on AM 1420 The Answer. We're on Spotify, um, and you can get us on iTunes and everything. We're on Sunday nights nine to eleven. Check us out Sunday. We're going to be talking about some uh, pretty interesting things as usual. Okay, we got a couple of good interviews about black students and colleges segregating themselves now. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So we, that's, that's coming up Sunday night and, uh, you will come back right uh, when you want me I'm here with, Chick- <laughs> All right. with Chick-fil-A <laughs> alright <laughs> alright yeah. hey thank you for coming again thank you again